This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a Deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. Time for the Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of Cumming. Beaver Direct, the fastest and easiest way to shop online. Beaver Toyota and Cumming. You're not going to hear a lot of talk up top about 12-year-old basketball or what restaurant I went to last night. Buck Blue Show, you can count on content you care about, opinions that keep it real, baby. This one-hour format, we're buttoned up, we're focused, and I continue to believe it's the fastest one hour in sports talk. We got Road Dog Gillespie, Derek Thomas ready to go. You got the teleprompter ready? We do. Let's get it started. Bucks Big Take. Ronald Acuna Jr. back in the news. DOB of the Athletic is reporting that Acuna has been cleared by doctors to play in the World Baseball Classic for Venezuela. Now, originally, Ronnie was not going to play to protect that surgically repaired knee that we heard so much about last season. Now it seems like he's leaning towards playing. Acuna reportedly had put his arms around the philosophy that the Braves were his top priority over the WBC and playing for his home country. Now, sounds like he may have had a change of heart. And I know what what you Braves fans are thinking. I know it. What if he has a setback? That would be bad news, obviously. Or on the other side of the coin, could it be good news? Good news, you say? Well, yeah, good news. Playing in the WBC would give him live reps and jumpstart what we hope is a huge bounce-back season. What do I think? Well, if he wants to play, I think he should play. He's been cleared. Doctors have said the knee is 100% now. So why should the Braves be scared? I mean, what are we going to do? Limit what he can do even though the knee's 100%? That makes no sense to me. I don't think this is a bad thing. I'm all for Ronnie playing in the WBC. And the Braves even commented they're gonna, they've are gonna. they got a close eye on the situation. They'll be monitoring Ronald all the way through. You better Which believe that. Which means what? I mean, he's been, they've said he's 100%. What are they monitoring? It makes no sense. Yeah, no reported setbacks. Ronald seems yeah. to be ready to roll. So, hey, Could it be we're just, uh, you know, we're a little gun shy. We're going mean, to play it safe. 
Are you not, Buck? Because I what, still am. Play it safe? Yeah, I mean, well, just extra games that, you know, aren't necessarily, you know, for the for the Atlanta Braves. But, um, no, I, I don't have a big problem with it. And like you said, I mean, if anything, it's going to get Ronald to closer to midseason form even earlier in the in the Braves game. Yeah, game. I think it's a good thing, man. That's what I'm thinking. 404-231-1680, you want to jump in here? Ronnie going to play in the WBC, according to Dave O'Brien with The Athletic, who's all over this Braves scene. No doubt about it. So I think the Braves should show him some support. Say, hey, man, we're thrilled you're 100%. Last season was a little bit of a struggle. You fought through it. We fought through it. Looking forward to having an epic season this year. Looking for you to bounce back. We're just so pleased the knee is back to 100%. You want to play in the WBC, and we know you love Venezuela. We know you want to be a part of this thing. Go give it a go, man. Yeah, go play and get ready for the major league season. That's just what I'm thinking. What about you? Let's see what's popping out there. Got a lot of stuff going on these days. Let's find out what's popping. NBA trade deadline coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And overnight, probably woke up to the news that Kevin Durant is going from Brooklyn to Phoenix. He's been traded to the Suns. But what about our Hawks? You know, for three years, it seems like we've heard about the Hawks are getting ready to trade John Collins. And here we go again. Deadline at 3 o'clock this afternoon. What you going to do? Now, the latest rumor was the uh, Utah Jazz would be the destination for Collins, even though the Jazz were part of yesterday's three-team big trade involving the Lakers. Now, prior to the L.A. deal... The Hawks in this deal for John Collins and the Jazz would have gotten Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. They were part of the deal. So what about now? I mean, who would they get now? Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones. That doesn't sound like a heck of a lot of first-round pick. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on it. So you've got this. Road dogs all over this, right? monitoring the Atlanta Hawks today. You'll be hearing about what happens there on our uh, Sports Blast. Our producers have been, uh, they're up to speed on this, all over what the Hawks are going to do or not going to do. I Personally, I don't think the Hawks are going to do anything. They're not trading J.C. They might want to get rid of Trey, but come on, they're not trading Trey Young right now. I'm concerned about the front office. I mean, not too long ago, we had what was regarded as one of the top GMs in the game. Now we've got the owner's son running the show. And Kyle Korver, who admittedly is not real sure what what role he wants to play in the organization. Is it communication? Just don't know right now. But we're on it in case something happens. Today during the shows on 680 The Fan. How about Michael Irvin Jr., man? He got booted off the NFL Network Super Bowl coverage. I mean, some guys have never learned, right? I think Michael Irvin's one of those dudes. 
sent home by the NFL Network. There's video showing him talking to a woman in the hotel lobby after he went out and had drinks with his buddy. Now, Michael is saying he doesn't really remember what he told that woman. Come on, man. I'm not buying that. How many drinks did you have? Lord, you know what you told that woman, and I've got a pretty good guess of what he told that woman. Follow me to the room, and we're going to get busy. Now, the woman accused him of misconduct in this one-minute conversation that, that Mike just has no idea what he told this woman. Here's, here's Mike. I don't know if you guys, you guys haven't heard that, that Sunday night when I went out and came in, Sunday night, and this is tripping me out, because, you know, I went out with Michael Brooks, came in, we had, uh, and I don't remember it, it but, but I, I guess when I came in, they said, because they asked, they said, what'd you do? I said, I went straight to the room. But I guess I had met somebody in the lobby, talked to, talked to somebody in the lobby for about a minute. And then I went to my room, and then after I got off there and got to work, they said, uh, come on, we're going to move you in a hotel. I said, what? Move you in a hotel for what? So they moved my hotel, and I said, what's going on, guys? What's going on? What's happening? Why would we move a hotel? And they said, well, that, that, the last night you walked in, you talked to somebody. I said, I didn't talk to anybody. I went straight to the room. And, and then they showed it on camera that I did talk to somebody. I talked to this girl for about a minute. I don't I don't know what they didn't show it to me. They told me and I didn't see it. I don't I don't know what she looked like or anything. But that's why they moved me. That's why they moved me because I guess the girl said I said something to her within that minute that that we talked and you know, so they moved me. And they basically said, uh, Mike, just head on home. We're not gonna need you the rest of the week. He knows what he told that woman. Couldn't have been good, right, if they're sending your butt home? Making you change hotels? There you go. That's what's popping out there today on this Thursday, February the 9th. And uh, you can listen on the app in case you're not in front of the radio from 10 to 11. Obviously, it's driven by Beaver uh, Beaver Direct, the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next car. Visit BeaverToyotaOfComing.com and see what wow really means. Coming back on the other side, we're getting busy. Just sort of like Irvin wanted to the other night. Uh, we're going to talk a little Super Bowl. Braves talk every single day on this show this month. And next month and the month after that and the months after that, we're all over it. Going to chop it up there. Jeff Darlington, too, ESPN NFL reporter, will be with us at 1040. It's the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? 
Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a Mad Men's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Follow me to the room and we're going to get busy. Yeah, Michael Irvin just doesn't remember what he told that woman. So they sent his butt home. Buck Blue Show, live from the Battery Atlanta here on the fan. We're getting busy with it. Appreciate you hanging out with us, too. On our 30th anniversary, baby. Man, we had that golf trip that we gave away. We've got a happy winner there. And fan fans, 680 The Fans, 30th anniversary is going to roll deep into February. And our next big trip is coming up just around the corner. Tune in to 680 The Fan in the locker room starting on Monday to learn how you could find yourself with your toes in the sand, cold wind in your hand, and watching the Braves from the stands. So stay tuned to 680 The Fans. We continue to celebrate 30 years. Of sports talk dominance here in the ATL. You got it? All right. Well, let's talk Super Bowl 57 then, brother. Three days and counting. Can't you feel the anticipation? Aren't you looking forward to seeing those TV commercials? What about those prop bets? Are you going to have fun? Are we playing the box game? You know, we are at 680 The Fan. I think there's some uh, squares that are left. So we've been told, yeah. I've got $3 on me. Gosh, I could have sworn last night when I went to bed I had like $43. <laughs> Somebody digging through there, Bob? I mean, seriously. I'm more excited about the game, really. I could care less about that other stuff that's going on. So let's break it down. All right, how about the Eagles on offense and this Chiefs defense? Let's look at that side of the ball here. As the Eagles, what's been so amazing is how fast they start. I mean, they get up on top early, man. They're scoring in the first quarter. In fact, they are scoring on their first possession of the game in 10 of their 19 games. So more than half the time, they get the ball and they drive right down the field and take the lead. And then they're playing from the front, which means Kansas City would be playing from behind, which means that Mahomes would be in the pocket. And that Eagles front four would be bringing the pass rush, baby. So is that what you're expecting the Eagles to do, what they've done most of the time this season? They get the ball, they score, they get up on you, and they turn that pass rush loose. Pretty good formula in the NFL, Buck. But don't you in these big games, we break it down so much, don't you expect the unexpected? So we to believe that Kansas City would score first and flip the script on the Eagles? Tell you what, an early Kansas City lead would certainly change things up. Now you got Hurts in the pocket throwing the ball around. They're not relying on that run game. That would be huge for the Chiefs in that scenario there 
Yeah, let's hear from Lewis Reddick. You know, Lewis, Monday night football, former player in the league. Looking like he was going to become a personnel guy, but then jumped over in the broadcasting end of things. Here's Reddick talking about how the Chiefs need to get after that Eagles offensive line. Now it's going to be about Chris being that first and second down playmaker who can reset the line of scrimmage against this Eagles front five on their offensive line and make sure that the running game does not is not able to come downhill on this defense and get their running backs onto the second level or get Jalen Hurts onto the second level. Because if they do, if they're able to capture the line of scrimmage like they have against everyone this year, and Chris Jones isn't able to affect the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a very, very long day for Kansas City's defense. Yeah, Lewis Reddick there. So the Chiefs looking defensively to start fast. All right, get after that run game. Pressure Jalen Hurts, whose efficiency, I said this earlier in the week, his efficiency when pressured is stunning really completing 45% of his passes. So Chris Jones, get that pass rush cranked up. He was a one-man wrecking crew in the AFC yeah. championship game. He's going to have to really bring it, and that would be a... Well, I like how they move him around. He's not just at the three technique. He's at the defensive end spot. He's on both sides of the defensive line. They're moving him around, looking for the weakest matchup that he can dominate. So that's a uh, key matchup in the game. This is defense. Their top concern's got to be slowing down the run game first. Getting some pressure on Hurts. His efficiency goes way down. And then I I totally believe third down's the key here. They got to get the Eagles off the field. They can't allow them to just uh, have these 10, 12 play drives where they're pounding them with the run game. So third down for Kansas City's defense is going to be huge. Let's hear from Tim McManus, the Eagles reporter, talking about Jalen Hurts and how he's handling the Super Bowl pressure. For one, he's leaning on quarterbacks of Super Bowl pass. So he's tight with Peyton Manning, and Manning told him how he attacked his preparation for his Super Bowls. And then Donovan McNabb is a mentor, and he said to Hurts, treat this game the same as any other. Maybe that's easier said than done, but Hurts also leaning on his teammates. Yeah, all that's just talk, 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 talk. I'm not sure how much good that's going to do once those live bullets start flying around. All right, let's flip it around. Look at the other side. Chiefs offensively, Patrick Mahomes. He's got that comeback reputation, too. So, you know, a lot of people thinking, okay, the Eagles, they start fast. They score early. They get out front. And I've heard a lot of people in preparation for the game talking about, well, the Chiefs are built to rally. They are built to come back with Mahomes at quarterback, the offensive scheme, uh, the game planning, the play calling, the weapons they've got across the board, especially that tight end. Boy, he's good. So flip the script. What are the chances you see the Philly defense step up in the fourth quarter and prevent that Chiefs comeback? Would you be surprised at that? DT, would that surprise you? Yeah, it depends on the circumstances. But, yeah, I guess I'd have to say yes because... You're expecting the Chiefs to be able to come back. Overall, basically, my head tells me that the Eagles are the better team, but the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I mean, and Andy Reid calling plays, and that's 
the one thing keeping me from picking the Eagles. Yeah, listening to a lot of national sports talk radio in the lead into the Super Bowl, you hear a lot of this, how the Eagles, okay, they're going to jump out front. They're going to get that run game going. Then you're going to see the Chiefs in the second half with Mahomes and Kelsey, and they're going to come roaring back to steal this game maybe at the very end. That would be awesome. That's a, yeah, it's a believable, uh, believable setup. Mahomes, how's that ankle? Everybody's saying, hey, the ankle's feeling a lot better. He'll probably get some medical attention prior to the game at halftime to make it feel a little bit better. But uh, I'm wondering about the wide receiver core for the Chiefs. I think this is huge. You know, and Mahomes can't throw it and catch it, too. And you know the Eagles are going to do their best job of trying to slow down, slow the impact of Kelsey, the targets, how many times he's going to touch the ball, trying to limit Kelsey as much as they can. And you got this receiving wide, wide receiving core for the Chiefs that are banged up coming into the game. We're going to ask Jeff Darlington about that coming up at 1040. I'm sure he'll have the answers to that. So a little Super Bowl talk for you. And not about what we're going to eat and prepare and what the prep prop bets are. We're actually talking about the game. And I've made a promise to our list, you the listener, that we are talking Braves baseball every single day going into spring training, during spring training, when the regular season starts. You're going to count on this show. We're talking Braves every single day. Time to talk Braves. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. Got great passion for football, obviously, with my background. You know, I was a passionate guy for baseball, too. That was the dream for me, play Major League Baseball. Fell short with that one. Love the game, though. Uh, So let's talk about the Braves. A lot of the top storylines we've been breaking down on the show. And today we're going to talk about storyline number five, I believe it is. And that will be the bullpen. Is the bullpen deep enough? Folks, this is 2023. And if you've noticed the trend, starters, the the rotational guys, they're going shorter in these games. They're not going deep into the games anymore. So your bullpen better be deep. And the Braves and Anthopolis, they've done a great job with that during this recent run that we've had here over the last three uh, three to four years. You look at the bullpen, and we broke down Iglesias earlier as he's stepping in to be the closer, and I'm, I'm feeling really confident about Iglesias. Uh, we got Mentor as the top setup man in the eighth inning when we've got a four to three lead. Mentor in there in the eighth inning. Uh, McHugh is another one that has been there and done that, earned his stripes to be a guy that's going to get the ball in these premium situations when we have the lead. But what about that? Go beyond that. Iglesias, Mentor, and McHugh. Anthopolis went out there and got some new names to bring in. Joe Jimenez, who's been buried in Detroit. And you probably missed out on Joe. He was an all-star in 2018. In the prime of his career, six seasons with the Tigers, 58 holds, 20 saves. 
Over the last four 162-game seasons, he's had 50 or more appearances. So he's gotten the ball a lot. Read one uh, article here recently that said he was the number 27, 27th rated reliever in Major League Baseball. When they look at the uh, war stat, the advanced analytic there. So Joe Jimenez, I would imagine, is going to be right there getting the ball late innings when the Braves have a lead. Got a four-seamer at 96. He's heating that thing up, bringing it up there. Slider and change up. Can't wait to see what Jimenez looks like in a uh, Braves uniform. But get ready to see Joe a lot this season. Uh, Kirby Yates, I'm wondering about Yates. Now, uh, you know, the impression last season was, look, he's he doesn't have anything left. Coming off the Tommy John surgery. But he's, he's now removed from that, over a, a year and a half removed from that surgery. So I'm sure the Braves are going to be looking to see, is he done? Does he have any tread left on the tire? Or does he have some game left in him? We're going to figure this out during spring training about Kirby Yates. Uh, yeah, don't forget about Dylan Lee. Did a solid job last year. Don't we have Jesse Chavez back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see some of him. Now, you know, that'll be when the other team has the lead. But this Braves bullpen, is it deep enough? Tyler Matzik, you know, out with Tommy John surgery. We won't see him probably in the 23 season. We're going to see Joe Jimenez a lot. Get ready to see Joe. Yes, sir. Can't wait to see Joe. And want to uh, have you check out our array of incredible podcasts here on 680 The Fan. We've got the show podcast. We've got some of the talent here doing podcasts outside of their show. Uh, Like me, I've got Bucks Beat episode 81, we're looking to get out here any minute. Uh, episode 80 up right now, Braves and the shortstop situation with Vaughn Grissom, former Braves second baseman Mark Lemke, hanging out as we break it down. Uh, so check out our incredible array of podcasts. The uh, Go to thepodcastpark.com, brought to you by Associated Credit Union. All right, Bulldog Roundtable time. Let's talk dogs. Is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25, 20, far sideline, 15, 10, 5. Get in there. Touchdown. Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Georgia Bulldog, 12 dogs heading to the NFL Combine to get tested and poked and prodded and interviewed. Got Jalen Carter, Broderick Jones, Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith, Kenny McIntosh, Darnell Washington, Chris Smith, Kiaris Jackson, Robert Beal, Stetson Bennett, Warren McClendon, and Jackpot Lesney. 12 of them heading to the Combine. So what Bulldog player can improve their draft position the most with an impressive combine? I'm going with Nolan Smith. Borderline first-round guy. Now, he's coming off that pec injury, and I'm sure the doctors are going to want to check that out for all of the NFL teams. He's going to be poked and prodded when it comes to the torn pec. 
he is uh, a guy that's a little smaller than normal as far as the NFL prototypical edge rusher goes. So he might be downgraded a little bit with that, but I think he can overcome all those things with an impressive combine. Uh, I'm looking for him to lay down something like a 4-5-40, a four-second shuttle, which is a big drill for these outside linebackers, a 42-inch vertical I believe he's capable of throwing up, which shows some of your athleticism and explosion. I think the comparison I would have to Nola Smith is Vaughn Miller, who also is, you know, an undersized outside linebacker, pass rusher, 6'3", 245 pounds. Didn't seem to bother Vaughn Miller any during his NFL career. Nolan Smith is going to impress in these interview sessions. He's also a, a leader. So that will be impressive when he gets in front of these teams eye to eye and he answers some of these silly questions and uh, does the interview thing. So I think Nolan Smith right now is probably a second-round pick. But I think with a great combine, hopefully he's going to be able to go with the uh, injury to the torn pack. I think the comeback from an injury like that is three months. Let's see, December, January, February. Yeah, yeah, he should should be close to being ready to go. So I'm going to go, who can improve their draft position the most? I'm going to say Nolan Smith. Go in there, you show out, you impress, and the next thing you know, because you're an edge rusher, you're a first-round draft pick. And there's your roundtable today. Coming back on the other side, we're talking Super Bowl and NFL with NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. That's next. Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Hopefully your day's going well. You got a big weekend plan with the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Get those appetizers ready. Make sure that TV's working. I hope we don't have rain in the forecast. We're still going direct TV. Sometimes, sometimes that rain can interrupt the broadcast. I'm a little concerned about that. Let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Bring on ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. Jeff, man, we so appreciate your time, man. So we get ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, what are you focused on out there in Phoenix? Man, I'm focused on the waste management open, honestly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, can you believe they have the golf tournament out here at the same time? It's uh, 
That's pretty great. But no, I, I, I think that this is a, a great matchup. I mean, two teams that are the exact same record, exact same amount of points scored this season, both number one seeds. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we're in for a treat on Sunday. Jeff, what can you tell me about the Kansas City wide receiver position group? I'm a little concerned about them. Yeah, you should be. I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs are still optimistic. They're going to get the bulk of these guys back in some capacity. Um, but, you know, not only are you looking at a quarterback who is still, by the way, less than two weeks removed from a high ankle sprain. That's not something that most quarterbacks are playing on at all. But now he's got to do it with a wide receiver group that's that's very banged up. So even if he does get those guys back, uh, Travis Kelsey will continue to just be the guy he relies on. And, and, and if Mahomes and Kelsey connection is alive, uh, by the way, against the number one pass defense in the NFL, it's only the third time in Super Bowl history you've had a number one passing offense versus a number one passing defense. And on the two other occasions that that occurred, the number one passing defense ended up winning that game. Yeah, and I've been looking at this uh, deep dive into the Super Bowl. And I, I think you did. Pro, you're predicting the Chiefs win this game. I am too, and an exciting close yeah. game. And one of the reasons why is because you know diving a little deeper into this Eagles defense, this pass defense, they they they've only matched up with what four or five legitimate right. offensive teams that throw the football around. So as a, a guy picking the Chiefs, that's one of the reasons why. Yeah, that's one of my reasons. I mean, I also ultimately just treat this game totally different than any other game throughout the season. And I think experience goes further in this one than any other game. There's just not the same um, ability to create momentum if you don't know exactly how to play it. And I think Mahomes, you know, having played in two before, I I just think that that's a huge advantage. You know, this game, anytime, if I talk to players going into this game, um, I'm pretty quick to tell them if you haven't been to the Super Bowl, you get ready. I I don't subscribe to the belief that you can treat this game like any other because uh-huh. the feelings that you'll get at the beginning, you know, when that anthem hits over the speakers and you realize the stage that you're on, uh, I I don't think that that's a feeling that can be duplicated at any other point in the season. So for that reason, uh, even aside from the matchups, I, I that's why I favor the Chiefs. You know, the other rub on the other side of the ball, and, you know, the Eagles are starting fast. They're scoring on that first possession, 10 and 19 games. They're taking the lead. They're cranking up that mm-hmm. run game. And But I did notice, though, Hurts, when, when he's under pressure, boy, his effectiveness goes down big yeah. time. What are the chances the uh, Chiefs crank up that, able to slow down the run a little bit, but after well, get after Hurts? Right, and, and that's exactly what you saw him do against the Bengals, right? I mean the pressure that they applied to Burrow was, was honestly more than this is a middle of the road, statistically ranked defense that the chiefs have. So um, the pressure though, the the way that Chris Jones and Frank Clark have been playing late in the season for the chiefs has been honestly the biggest difference to me uh, in this team. It's, you know, as much as we talk about the offense, the pressure they got on Burrow changed the whole complexion of that game. And if they, to your point can make hurts equally uncomfortable, um, that that's a game changer as well. Are you, uh, you have you, are you diving into the draft at all? The, the combine coming up? Have I you... haven't. I usually don't turn the page. You know, I'm not like, you know, like Mort. you know, more, more can tell you everything anytime. <laughs> I mean, that guy's sick, but, <laughs> but uh, no, I usually turn the page once I, 
once I kind of leave the Super Bowl. Yeah. But you know, combine is sort of the first for me, the first uh, experience with the college guys. Yeah, I'm always focused on these quarterbacks and where they're going to go and talk a lot about yeah. that here on the show from week to week. Yeah. And, you know, we all know about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, man, really impressed me in the semifinal game against Georgia. I didn't know he had that kind of mobility. And, well, I, I think he's, a, you know, at least in my humble opinion, he looks like the top quarterback available there. Levis, uh you know, I've seen yeah. him play live a couple times. He was a turnover machine, so I, I wonder about that. But I wanted to ask you about Anthony Richardson. Is he really, yeah. do you think, capable of going in the first round? Uh, that's a good one. I mean, I think that that's going to really be a matter of what unfolds in free agency, too. I mean, I don't necessarily see him being a guy that a team drafts to be the day one starter by any means. Um, yeah, right. Maybe a, little bit more, maybe a little bit more like another former Gator in Kyle Traft where – you bring him into an experienced room and let him uh, kind of grow into the role. But to me, and that, and to that point, like, are you going to spend a first round pick on, on him? Um, we'll probably have to see more at this point. You know, I never, I, I feel like every year I try to value these quarterbacks. I wind up undervaluing them and they go earlier than, than I expect. But, um, but to me, that's a guy that you bring into a room that already has the starting quarterback in place. Yeah. You, you develop him as, and that was the word coming into last season. Uh, some of my uh, uh, good friends down there that that played for the Gators and uh, like yeah. Shane Matthews telling us that, you know, the kid's full of talent, but he's really raw. And I think some of that showed up in, in the previous yeah. season. What do the Giants do? Are they going to pay Daniel Jones $35 million, Go out you there and what? play quarterback for him? That feels like the number, right? Um and, and I, you know, I, it sounds to me like Jones is going to be somewhat amenable to a decent deal. Uh, it's an interesting one because they could have picked up the fifth-year option on him. So it's one of those gambles that didn't. It's going to wind up costing the, the team more money, but good for Daniel Jones, and I guess good for the Giants too if they feel like they found their guy. Um, you know, do I think they'll they'll scour the landscape, look at a guy like Derek Carr if he's available? Sure, but uh, it feels like maybe Carr could be ended somewhere else, like like the Saints. And, you know, if, if the musical chair stops and Daniel Jones looks like the best option for the Giants, yeah, I could see him getting 35, 40 million a year. Man, I'll I tell you what, I took a step back when I saw what uh, what the NFLPA is recommending. Get rid of the combine? My yeah. goodness, man, what do you think I mean, of this? I don't like it because I like the combine just for the steakhouses, you know? I don't even. I think the, the evaluation of the players will will be something that every team wants to continue. There's no way. I just don't see that the NFL. Look, look at the Pro Bowl. Like the NFL looked at that product and said, "This is not, not a great product. We're going to change it." The product's still not great, but it's still rated reasonably well um, compared to other sports all-star games. So, to me, when you have a product like the Combine, even if maybe teams aren't going to get the same value out, out of it, that that uh, that we expect them to, I think that's staying around. Jeff, I'd be remiss if I didn't have you on and ask you about Stetson Bennett and your thoughts on him. Georgia yeah. quarterback, a tough, uh, you know, me and Mort talked about it a lot, about him going or getting an invitation to the Senior Bowl. Are you going to get an invitation? It came at the last minute. I assume he was annoyed with that, went to Dallas, <laughs> got arrested. Uh, what kind of impact <laughs> is that going to have on him, you think, moving forward? Yeah, I, I, I think that teams – especially with the quarterback will, will be, you know, they'll be a little bit concerned about the character, but they can get past that. If they see a guy 
who also, by the way, can acclimate himself to the NFL game faster than uh, most because of his age. Uh, to me, the age is the bigger factor. You know, I don't, I don't think we've seen a guy like this since what Brandon Whedon, maybe when he got drafted and, and you know, Whedon got himself in, in there pretty quick, but I think generally teams uh, want to want a player who can step right in um, if he's going to be that age. And I just don't know that that's, that's a benefit. Well, Jeff, we appreciate your insight, man. Uh, thanks so much. If you see Michael Irvin out there, stay away from him. Now you're going <laughs> to stay away from the trouble. <laughs> I was just I would say I'll stay, stay at my hotel, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> We'll be watching you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington, Emmy Award winner too, journalist. Uh, journalist. Yes, sir. Great having Darlington on. Good stuff there. Do we have time for a nugget? Yes, you know we do. Mm, tasty. <laughs> Time for the College Football Nugget, presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Yeah, and look, I'm going to promise you, too, we're talking college football every day on this show. We got 42 minutes. Somehow, we're going to find a way to give you the nugget. And today, Florida State in the news, the Seminoles extending head coach Mike Norvell. After that 10-win season the Knowles had last year. Man, that was a real turnaround project that he took over in Tallahassee. Once Jimbo left, the bottom fell out. They went 3-6 and six in 2020. 5-7 and seven in 2021. How about those Knowles last year? 10-3. First 10-win season since 2016. And Norvell's agent didn't waste any time uh, negotiating a new bump in pay as he gets a new deal. Uh, bump in salary. He doubled his money. He's, he's going to average $8 million in this new contract. He paid uh, 5.3 this year, 7.3 next year. 8.5 and 25. Folks, that's good money when you can get it. How did he do it down there? Well, he's the transfer king, as they call him in Tallahassee. They have hit that transfer portal big time. You welcome to the portal. <laughs> Number two transfer class, I think, as I uh, saw overnight getting ready to uh, speak on this you know the Knowles too look out in 23 they got a shot to win the ACC take a look at that schedule very manageable take down Clemson <coughs> Seminoles might be celebrating an ACC title under Norvell so he'd be worth every penny of that raise that he's getting down in Tallahassee good to see I, I think college football's better when uh, Florida State's in the mix. So this is good news, if you ask me. Totally agree with the buck. we got to have somebody in the in the ACC consistently challenging Clemson. Yeah, I just missed the Florida State-Miami rivalry, too, when both teams were really good. That was one of the must-sees during the college football season. And I don't mind seeing them whoop the Florida Gators at the end of the year. Yeah, most people in this part of the country uh, really enjoy seeing that. 
for one week Bulldog fans become Florida State fans. So Norvell cashing in. The transfer king. You know, he tried to get Big Mims, uh, the Georgia offensive tackle, tried to woo and uh, recruit him to come on down. He, he actually, almost pulled it off, yeah. Yeah, he made a visit down there, and there was some video that was circulating of Norvell. He was out by the door waiting on him when he showed up. I am so glad Mims stuck around. I spoke with him recently, and he is a mountain of a man and a really good dude, too. I was telling him, look, this time next year, you're going to be a first-round draft pick, dude. And then he got a big smile on his face. Not sure if he's the right tackle or the left tackle. They're going to get that figured out during the spring. But he has uh, definitely got that NFL skill set. Let's get to the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955. All right, I'm going to give a shout-out to one of my favorite Falcons of all time. Well, as long as I've been covering them, watching them, pulling for them. I'm a Falcons guy and have been from day one. Uh, Happy birthday to former Falcon offensive tackle Mike Ken, one of my faves. He was drafted in the first round by the Falcons my... uh, senior year in high school and then he played 17 years in the national football league every one of them with the atlanta falcons did a great job protecting bart steve bartkowski kept bart clean a lot of the time pro bowler three times now five-time pro bowler three-time first team all pro Falcons ring of honor guy and I always enjoy bumping into him around town. I always get a, a good conversation out of Mike Ken. So hoping Mike has a great 49th birthday again this year. Thank you, Buck. No, that's Kirby. Okay. Thanks a lot, Buck. Hope to see Mike Ken sometime very soon. All right. That's going to do it for the show today, but Hey, we're back tomorrow as we wrap up Super Bowl week. Hope you're going to join me then Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. You know, I had a listener out there said he, I wanted to add another segment to the show. The entertainment report I did back in the day with old Ken Cade. Oh, wow. Buck. I think there are probably a lot of folks out there that missed the entertainment report. I mean, with, with 42 minutes, I can barely squeeze in what we've got (laughs) right now. We'll work on that. We'll see what we can do. All right. Have a great day, everybody. We're out. Where's Nerney? Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? 
Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Hey, sandwich lovers, today is your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open, Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner. 